This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz and James Howard. Great to see you both and have you in the studio. Tonight, we're going to be obviously reviewing the Sheffield United game. Not a great result for the Eagles, that is for sure. We're going to be talking all about it. And of course, looking a little bit towards the Man United game. Very tough fixture this weekend. We're going to be talking to Tom Wade of the United stand and a few other special callers along the way. We have to start... Of course, with Sheffield United, a really, really disappointing 1-0 scoreline. Sometimes losing, obviously, it's a, it's a negative, and we're going to point those negatives out. But looking at those two games, and looking at this game in particular, as a whole, what's more worrying than this single loss is the amount of chances Palace are creating. You know, we mentioned it last week, goals are a problem. This is where the issue lies, but it's the chances created. Roy said afterwards, if you don't score you don't win games. And there's only so long you can keep another team at. And that's really disappointing. James, I know you was at the Sheffield United game, so you got a first-hand view. What did you make of the game itself? Yeah, um, oh, I had a really good weekend, actually, up in Sheffield. Um, Apart up until, from the game. Up until <laughs> at the end of the 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I bumped into John Parrott, um, Everton fan, and had a drink with him watching a game on a Saturday afternoon. Um and um, went to the game full of high spirits, great atmosphere, Sheffield United fans everywhere with all their shirts, really good build-up to the game. Palace End was packed. I, I don't know why it said we didn't take up the full allocation because it looked pretty packed to me, but it was it was, it was was lovely. It was, you know, it was back into the mode of supporting Palace and it was a great atmosphere, you know, well done to the Sheffield fans as well. But, um, yeah, so getting on to the game... Um, First half, I thought we did okay, actually. I'll be blunt with you. Mm. I thought we did all right. We we kept possession well. We a lot of sideways passing. But I think the way Hodgson plays away from home, and I do agree with this, I think sometimes you can peak too early in an away game. And I like the fact that you just keep it careful the first half. Even if you go in nil-nil, you come out second half, and that's when you try and sort of push on and get your chances. So first half, I was absolutely fine. Not a problem at all. Second half. <laughs> different story. <laughs> yeah. Different story. two halves, James. Well, different story. Um, I think it was uh, a great bit of skill by Luke Freeman, ex-Bristol City player. I used to work in Bristol. Ex-Arsenal. Where did he start, eh? Yeah. Well, um, very skillful player. Um, and um, I've seen him on a, a few games at Bristol and I know his qualities and I thought, oh, he's coming on him. Is he going to step up to the grade in the Premier League? And he did. And it was a great bit of skill. Yeah. Uh, Joel Ward was caught, but it, I thought it was a fantastic sort of deft bit of first touch come skill in cutting inside uh, and they got the goal now from then onwards it was a struggle it was a real struggle because we didn't seem to have the impetus to get back into the game and I felt that there was a, a couple of players that went hiding during the game I know DR you felt the same yeah I've, one player that comes into mind when you're talking about hiding was Max Meyer 
it, we've talked about him week and week out and he could be that creative player but on Sunday he was just invisible of course I wasn't at the game but I was watching on TV maybe you had a different different perspective but on the left hand side when Wilf was running down there and when he needed support Max wasn't there nowhere to be seen and that's what kind of annoyed me because I thought this season Max is going to get his opportunity and that's kind of one missing piece but of course it's only one game I understand that but yeah I was a bit disappointed by his performance well, let's talk about that then, because you mentioned Zaha there. He did start. He was back in the starting mm. eleven. He might not be fully match fit or match sharp, but he did play. You said Max Meyer there. And I, I obviously watched the game, and I thought, Zaha's in the side. We spoke about Max last week. It was a decent point against Everton. They've spent a lot of money. Palace are going to really give as good as they get today. This is where the season really kicks off. But it wasn't to be, but... In to do because I don't want to do a Palace a disservice here. They did come up against Sheffield United. Let's let's not forget first time in the Premier League after twelve years. And sometimes people say, oh, you know, you don't want to start a season with City or Liverpool. You know, you want those games where you can pick up a few points, find your feet. But I would argue, James, those games are just as hard because Sheffield United back in the Premier League, they fight for every ball as all the newly promoted sides do. They're going to give until ninety minutes, especially in their home stadium. And when you're going up against someone like that, if you're not on it well, against anyone in the Premier League, but especially those newly promoted sides in the early stages of the season, you're going to get fanned out, aren't you? Oh, definitely. And, you know, there was a a lot of, you know, rash comments straight after the game, obviously a lot of negativity. Um, But let's, you know, let's get realistic here. We're Crystal Palace. We're not going to win every game. Yeah, we've got to try and focus on winning the home games, getting a home home form right. And yes, pick pick up some draws, maybe away from home and the odd way away win. You know, we didn't lose 3-0, we didn't lose 4-0, we lost 1-0. Let's re- have a reality check mm. here. It wasn't that bad. There was some creativity missing. This was Zaha's first game from, since the summer. He's only had two weeks back with us in training, so he's not match fit, probably. He's he's not as sharp as he should be. Yeah, I I agree with you to a certain extent, but it's just... It, like In the first half, as you said, we were OK going forward. But even in the first half, what was our actual game plan? Because it seemed like with Benteke starting up there, we would hoof it to Benteke and there would be no one else next to him and we would expect a miracle from him. And then the other thing that I saw was just Zaha running and there's three, four players around him and he has no support. And in the second half, it got even worse. It seemed like the players didn't know what to do when going forward. And that's just unacceptable. Maybe if you had new players then, yeah, you could use the excuse that, yeah, they're trying to gel in and over time it'll get better. But these group of players, they've been at the club for long and Roy's been at the club for long. So why why were we so clueless going forward? That's what I just can't accept. James, it, it was a terrible tactical display. They were the murmurs after the game that Roy had got that wrong. But James, you mentioned that typically away from home, Roy Hodgson, you know, he doesn't want to peak too soon. You know, second half, let's come out. We'll be cautious in that first half. Let's not concede an early goal. Let's make a fight of it in the second half. But let's look at that overall in a larger scale, a broader stroke. Palace are very slow starters in a season. Traditionally, don't have the best August in the Premier League. Why is it that maybe they peak a little later in the season and they don't put their first foot forward when that season does kick off? Yeah, I think there's been a number of excuses that we've had for why we haven't started early in previous seasons particularly well. I think there's been injuries and and players missing. Um, I think this season we, you know, have got a fairly fit side maybe Sacco we could do a Sacco back in the team um but generally speaking maybe Zaha we could have had him back at training a couple of weeks earlier but but on on paper you know apart from losing Juan Pesaka we've pretty much got the same squad or team as we had last season so it is frustrating um I'd like to just say that Sheffield United you know really did a good job on us I mean mm. we have to Credit appreciate Rose that Julia. yeah mm. they they worked their socks off after they got that early goal in the second half and they really put the tackles in. They closed the players down. And unf- but did we see that same fright from Palace, James? Sorry to interrupt mm. you because this is what worries me. I said it's sometimes harder to face those newly promoted side because you know in their first game back, you better believe they're going to be fighting for every ball. The home crowd are going to be on you for 90 minutes. Did Palace match that intensity? I think we did 
try to. I, I, I honestly do. And I think towards the end, the last 10 minutes, we really did have a go at them, but we just didn't have the quality there. And this is what I've been saying for, you know, a couple of, couple of years now, you know, with, with the forwards that we've got. You know, we've got Ayu that, that had a game last week, he didn't score. We've got Benteke that still can't score. And, you know, we really are struggling. And, you know, maybe we should have brought on Connor Wickham a bit earlier. That's kind of where I'm looking at, thinking, you know, give somebody else a chance. I think with Benteke, this game, I'm going to give him a pass because I actually felt bad for him. <laughs> I, I actually did because we're not playing too strength. I'm going to give I'm, him a pass. Yeah, because... Uh, it's a shame no one was giving exactly, him a pass no, in that exactly, 90 minutes, DR. Exactly. He won't get no passes. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like... We're, we know his strengths and we're not playing to it. Yes, we're hoofing the ball. Yes, he's good in the air. But in the final third, if you look at the season where under Big Sam, um, how he scored all his goals, 17 goals, it was from crosses, from headers, tapping. But right now, we're, I was looking at his, his his heat map at half time, and he was in midfield. Like, why, what's Benteke doing in midfield? We have to go out wide and use our wingers and put crosses into the box and use him to his full strength, which we're not doing. So I felt bad for him. I actually did. Well, Ben Teke, certainly man's not hot if we're looking at the heat map. <laughs> but they are, let's talk about, you know, you said, let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, we didn't go and lose 3-0, 4-0. It was only 1-0. We gave a good first half impression. But exactly what I said at the top of the show, James, more worrying than the, the 1-0 loss was the creating chances. Where was the support for Ben Teke? DR, where is this support going to come from? Where are we going to create chances over the next three, four, five, six games? I think the support is there I think that I think we've got a capable enough team it's just the fact that tactically it seemed like between the midfield and attackers there was just a massive gap and it seemed like they weren't on the same page we were is just, that what you're putting it down to then yeah, tactics I, I'm putting it down to tactics I, I don't buy into the passion thing um, on Sunday I know people were criticising the players passion but I don't buy into it I just think I that's how they're set up it's just Roy doesn't it's not pressing we're not pressing team we're just going to sit back and on paper it looks like we're not we're not showing enough passion, but that's the instructions. It's not to go out there and run around. So I think it's just tactics. Is you just have to you have to make sure the attackers and midfielders are on the same page, which it didn't seem like it, and that's why we were just hoofing the ball. My worry is James that I, I agree with the R there that Palace sort of went out to contain Sheffield United there, and then maybe in the second half, like you said, if it is still nil nil, go and nick one on the counter, hit him with a jab, and try to snatch a late goal, get those three points. But if the worst happens and Sheffield United get that goal, where was the turnaround for Palace to go out and then get that equaliser? Because that's what worried me. If Palace don't take that lead, I'm worried that then they have to go and create those chances that they haven't done for 70 minutes because they've gone to contain. Yeah, that is worrying because that's how I viewed it. You know, we just played a nice safety sort of first Mm. half, keep possession and let's come out second half. And unfortunately, we got sucker punched very early on. We need players that pull their socks up and just think, do you know what, we're behind here, we need to we need to get in back into the game. And I agree with DR, I think Max Meyer didn't really help. He didn't sort of do that. I think sometimes maybe Andros Townsend um sometimes isn't really mm. why was he taken to... off? Yeah, he was taken off for defense uh, for a defensive midfielder. Yeah, that's a strange substitution, but he did have a poor game and that's mm. two games in a row and I don't think it's a coincidence. I honestly do think he's missing Wan Bissak on the right hand side. Joe Wood, he's not it's just you watch last season his link up play Wan Bissaka. Mm. It helped them both massively. Takes time to yeah. develop that chemistry. And but uh, it's going to be hard though. I think with Wardy, honestly, I because he just hasn't got the technical abilities to do what Wan Bissaka done last season. And so much is on Andros now that I I don't know if he's going to be able to do it because his his game is already predictable as it is. He just cuts in from the right hand side to his left foot. And now that he hasn't got anyone else to support him on the right hand side, I'm just I'm a, I'm a bit worried. I'm going to ask a stupid question now, but I'm just asking it for mm. you know, to play devil's advocate. Obviously, Palace needed more reinforcements this summer. You needed to replace Wan-Bissaka. That pace down that right-hand side, especially to help turn end game. I know you wanted to keep Zaha, but the whole summer was really focused on, will he go, won't he go, let's keep him. But could you have maybe, in another world, sold him and used that money to re-strengthen and get two three in the other areas that you did need? I don't think so. I think Zaha's a star player. We just need to keep our star player. I think if you lost Zaha... one star player enough you need, when, yeah. if you're missing in a few other areas. Yeah, I think, I think it, you, no, you, saw it, you saw it on Sunday as well. Even Zaha didn't have a good game. No one else could step up. So, mm. yeah, we just have to rely on Zaha, unfortunately, a bit too much. But the disappointing thing is I'm not as annoyed with Joe Wood as much, but I'm annoyed with the actual board for not replacing Wan-Bissaka. This is the problem. Joe, because Joe Wood, he's not like his performances drastically dropped. We know what 
to expect from Joe Wood. Like we already knew it going into the season that he can't be that player going forward and also he's not the greatest defender. So that was up to the ball to replace him and they just didn't. And it's a very risky game to play. Well, we know the faults of James and DR. Uh, 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 talking about the Sheffield United game, they did go down 1-0 at Bramall Lane. Next, we're going to be talking to Chris Hamling, also from Back of the Nest podcast. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio by Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz and James Howard. And I'm delighted to say, on the line with us now, I've been reliably informed the best member of Back of the Nest podcast. It is Chris Hamblin. Chris, thank you for joining us this evening and giving us a bit of your time. Uh, I'm delighted to talk to the best member. I've never met the best member, but thank you for coming on. Chris, not the greatest of starts for Palace so far. What were your thoughts of the Sheffield United game? Oh, thoroughly depressing, Charlie. Also, good to speak to you, mate. Um, and yeah, you are accurately informed. I am quite, <laughs> quite, by quite some distance, the best one. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll hopefully get to the studio and meet you, meet you fairly soon, mate. But yeah, um, I'm yeah, obviously hugely depressed, hugely angry about it. Usually you've got a few days after the game and you start to calm down and kind of rationalise. You start thinking things like, well, you know, no one's going to get an easy game off Sheffield United at home, you know, are they? Because they've got a bit of momentum and, you know, they're a real cohesive team unit. But we were just rubbish and there's no, there's no escape in that. And if anything, I'm angrier. Reacting in a way. Um, do you think that we're overreacting in a way that we saw? You know, the comments on social media after we posted a pod yesterday. People were saying we're overreacting. What do you make of that? Do you think we're overreacting over one game? Or well, well, first of all, the conditions of me coming on were that you weren't allowed to speak. Chris, we really thank you for giving us some time tonight. <laughs> Chris Hamblin there, back in the. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fair enough. So I um, I think that there is there's something in that in terms of the fact that we're reacting relatively close after a game um, but you know what what I would say in response to that is we're not just talking about one match we're talking about uh, a consistent approach particularly from the manager particularly from Roy where he, he does play the same way week in week out um, and arguably he gets enough points throughout the course of a season to keep you in the division so you could say he's doing his job but I think we spent a lot of last season particularly with the home games feeling thoroughly depressed with, with the kind of football that we were playing and and the, the way it was kind of negating our, us as an attacking force. And I think the first two games have seen us fail to score this season. I think everyone had Sheffield United down as a, a way to get points on the board very early on, rightly or wrongly. Um, so I don't, I don't think, I think it's an overreaction if we're just talking about one game. But when you look at it in the full context of what we've watched over the last year and a bit, um, I, I think we're right to be very concerned. Chris, you mentioned there that you are concerned and you even mentioned that you were slightly angry over the past couple of performances. But more than than a concerning issue is it is a new season. This is when teams and players are typically up for it. It's the new kickoff of the Premier League season. Where's Palace intensity been? Why haven't they been up for it in these two games? Why have they been outmatched in that department? Well, I think what you have to, is sometimes it's interesting to kind of listen to the, the, the sort of comments that Roy makes. And some of his language gives you a bit of an insight into that, in my view. Because he talked before the Sheffield United game about the fact that obviously they would be up for the match. And that perhaps, you know, we needed to stay calm and we needed to, to sort of take a measured approach, see off their intensity and then get ourselves into the game. But I think if you send the team out with a calm attitude in an atmosphere where your opponent... It's just giving it everything. You can really come across as if you're not trying. We're obviously trying to remain patient and, and, and work things accurately. But basically, you know, we go back to last season. We look at the, the two games against Brighton, the derby matches, and when we're supposed to be really up for that. And we had that exact same approach. We ended up, you know, losing those games and, and embarrassing ourselves in a lot of ways. And I think Roy is perhaps at his weakest because of that consistent approach and that measured sort of measured view of, of how to play football. I think you've got to earn the right in those games. You've got to go out, you've got to match the intensity of your position from minute one and then start playing and then start using your, your supposed better ability. Um, and, you know, and I think the, the Sheffield United game just exposed that massively. Hi, Chris, it's James here. Um, I'm probably one of those people that feel that there is a bit of overreaction going on in there because uh, I went to the game myself um, and yeah, you said that 
we haven't scored for two games. Well, I thought we had the chances to score against Everton. You know, Ayu and Maya had some fantastic chances, didn't score. Obviously, Pickford's a great keeper. Um, and, all for, and, and the other thing is, can we blame Hodgson for the club not getting a striker in? Everyone knows, all the fans, the club, the management, the owners know we were a striker short, we need a striker in. And they haven't done it. They didn't get him over the line. So personally, I don't think it's all just on Roy's head. Um, and also, I think you can't criticise a manager. Just, he, you know, if there's a consistent bad run of 2-0s, 3-0s, 4 nil defeats, fair enough. But we're not getting that with Roy. We're, it's, he's still probably learning about some of the players. He's still trying to build a team. He's still a striker short. He's, you know, we know where we're at. He's strengthened the team. Hopefully when we get the likes of maybe Gary Cahill in, Camarasa in, um, Zaha back to sort of being sharper because he's only been if the training training with the team for two weeks. I think I think we are I think we have overreacted a bit to be honest with you on a personal front, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I think there's there's a lot of logic in what you say, and you know again football's an emotional game, logic can get lost. But I, there's a couple of things I would say to that. Firstly, we've shown no signs under Roy of you know providing meaningful meaningful supply to strikers on a regular basis. Um, I think a lot of people point at Batshuayi last year, but if you actually go back and analyse the games, you know he he wasn't a threat in a large percentage of the games that he played. He just took his chances well, and there's a, there's a bit of truth in in the fact that we are creating chances. But if you look at the chances being created against us as well, you can't argue that we we deserve to beat Everton. Probably shaded it in the second half, but I think a point was a fair result, and we definitely didn't deserve anything against Sheffield United. Um, you know, you can make all that you can make excuses for the manager, but no, no one's really going to convince me that the eleven we put out against Sheffield United was set up in a way that got the best out of the players. I mean, at the very least, Benteke needs crosses. Everybody knows that. That's how he plays. We are not set up with any real width. We're we're playing a narrow four-four-two, and we have done for a long period of time. People are fascinated with calling Zaha a winger, but. It's not even about that anymore. Townsend doesn't get down down the sides and put a ball in, or, or cut back and put a ball in. Everyone's looking to play through the middle, and you just we just get crowded out. So I, I don't think that there's anyone to blame other than the manager for for the, what's happening on the pitch, as much as there are issues off the pitch in, in terms of our recruitment. There's people out there that I don't know if they're being serious, but they're saying that oh, I'm actually very worried that we're going to get relegated. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that Roy will keep us up this season or? Well, as you know, Dio, I put a bet on us to be relegated very, very early on. Uh, not that I encourage gambling. Uh, Chris, you backed yeah. your own team to get relegated. Is that right? Yeah. Usually I, put a bet, uh, usually I put a bet on us for top four, but I've learned my lesson after several decades of not winning that. Um, so I went the other way this year. I just felt, I honestly felt, and I, I kind of did it as a joke, but I honestly felt, that our approach to the transfer window was going to cost us this time. And, you know, personally, I, I didn't see enough last season, particularly with the home form. I didn't, I genuinely don't, didn't think we'd sustain the kind of away form we had last year. And it were just signs of, you know, unrest and, and players. I can't, you know, I put it this way if you talk about Will wanting to move on, I can't imagine why he'd want to stay in our team right now. We don't play to his strengths. We leave him up against two or three players with, with no support around him half the time. I don't know why you'd want to be a striker in our team because we all, all we seem to want to do is make them run around in circles up front and feed on scraps. I just, you know, there, there's a lot wrong with how we're going about things in, in my personal view. Do you think then going ahead, moving forward with the season, that won't turn around, that won't change, or this is now going to be a very long season? I think unless we get some fresh ideas and fresh impetus into the squad, I, I can't see it. Um, I, I think if Roy lasts till January and we do some, some work in the window, I think we might be able to turn it around again. But it's, it's yet again gambling on a successful January window. And at some point, that's also going to cost us. Um, but, you know, again, if, I, I can't see... I can't see Roy last in the season. Let's put it Do you way. want Roy gone, it sounds like, Chris? Because if he does make it to January, I'm assuming that you don't want him in charge of the recruitment to make those purchases in January. It sounds like you're not being brutal, but almost Roy out. I mean, you've have, you've picked up on something there, haven't you? I was trying to hide it. <laughs> but very, very, very clever. I have to watch you, I think. Yeah, expect a um, gadget. I, yeah, I, I have lost a little bit of faith. Well, more than a little bit of faith, to be honest with you. I felt a little bit 
beaten last season by just how bad we were at home and the start of the season. I just don't see any willingness for Roy to be creative. Look at Chris Wilder and what he's done at Sheffield United. In terms, he's just thought about things in, in such a creative way. He's you know got overlapping centre backs. Everyone's going mad over it, but you know what a fantastic way to play football. You know he man- they managed to outnumber us in every part of the field despite having the same number of players at us. Phenomenal, phenomenal thinking about the game. Roy has his tried and trusted tactics, and they've worked for an incredible period of time, but. When it comes to actually having to react and that little bit of flexibility, I don't see it in him anymore. I really don't. Is it a little bit, though, looking over at someone else and what they've got and the grass is greener and it doesn't always work out that way? Oh, oh quite possibly. But then when have football fans ever been logical? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Always a pleasure to talk to the best member of the Back of the Nest <laughs> podcast, Chris Hamlin there. Great guy. Great to talk to him. Strong views. Roy Hodgson, he almost says you know, Roy out. And if he is there by January, he doesn't want him there to make those buys. Do you two agree with that? I'm surprised, actually. Because I am. When you think back at Roy's career, not just at Palace, but at Fulham, you know, mm. how I he like got Roy. them to the European Cup Winners' Cup final, I call it, which it was, it used to be yeah. called. But he did a brilliant job. And I think all throughout his career, he's done a really good job. And I don't think he's been consistently bad for us. I mean, you look at Alan Pardew, you know, he... We couldn't win a game for like twelve months or something. It was that was that's the situation where you're Criminal. thinking where you should be looking at maybe replacing the manager with Royal. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think, well, do you know what? It's, 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 it's not got to that stage. And I do believe that he maybe needs to, to, to improve his tactics. But this is just the second game of the season. It's too early Another to make a judgment. We've book. got, you know, I didn't mention Mamadou Sacco. We've got him to come back in the team. Um, possibly Gary Cahill. Um, we've got a load of players that haven't really been given the opportunity or the chance to sort of play yet. Um, and yeah, I am a bit disappointed that we haven't replaced Batshuayi. I am disappointed that Aaron Wan-Bissaka's gone, but I'm still a little bit optimistic because we've still got these, you know, other players that we've brought in. And, um, you know, if, if, He's just got to give the guy time. Well, just... let me ask you a question, NDR, because another thing Chris mentioned was that he said it's almost down to Roy that the team haven't recruited. I would say that maybe he hasn't been backed. There was an element of balance in the books with a Wan-Bissaka deal. DR, what do you make to the, uh, what Chris said? Um, I feel like, yes, he does play a part in the transfers, of course. He's a manager. But I wouldn't put the blame purely on Roy. I'm mm. pretty sure Roy would have I'm sure wanted, there's an yeah, element. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Roy would have wanted a right back and another striker that fits into his system. Managers always yeah. want more yeah, money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they do, but you have to find a balance. But then mm. again, if you're looking at our transfers and what we've done this summer, I, w- I wouldn't say it was the worst window out there, but it also wasn't good as well. So you have to look at it that way. You have to say that, all right, Roy was back, but was he backed enough? And... Uh, let's say that we did bring in another right back in or another striker in would we do much better I, I'm not too sure but yeah that's another thing to think about he wasn't back to the fullest alright well we did just speak to uh, one back of the nest podcast member there and next we just might be speaking to another from Ali to Zaha we've got it covered Love Sport Radio you are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio by Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz and James Howard. I'm delighted to say there might have been a game this weekend, but there is a bigger game going on in the studio. There is some drama because Chris Hambling, member of the Back of the Nest podcast, he claims he was the best. Well, Nick <laughs> has just tweeted, Chris is only 
third best or he said third at best there is some debate going on I don't know who's in the top spot I don't know who's in second spot but I'm delighted to say we are now joined by Nick Gillard of the Back of the Nest podcast Nick not in the studio tonight but great to have you with us who's the best member I don't know. I'm just happy to be equal fifth with DR, really. Equal you know, fifth? What? Yeah. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you put me top. Like, that's why I thought that's why he was third best. You were second. I was first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Been on our show, any DR. That's what he's doing. Well, he's going to take over all the back of the nest pods, which yeah. you can get at back of the nest dot com, everybody, if you want to. Oh, back, get nice. a little advert in. Nice plug there, Nick. I must say, good evening to you as well. Great <laughs> to hear from you. Let's talk then a little bit about the Sheffield United game, Nick. What were your thoughts on it? I watched the game on a cancelable to imagine that depressing performance. There, it was just like we walked away, me and my son, and we just couldn't believe it. It was just, we we were really annoyed at the fact that the players didn't try, the fact that we were misplacing passes. Uh, we came to the conclusion that something's happened at the club over the summer, that there's no team spirit there because we've got no verve. And hopefully Gary Cahill will get in there and actually G everybody up a bit because he's got the experience to maybe pull everybody together. But there doesn't seem to be a cohesive team spirit. That, that, I don't know what the, what the guys think of that. Yeah, that's funny though because Gary Cahill he said that when he joined Palace he's you know he's loved every second of it because the the team's humble mm-hmm. and they're close to each other. I, I feel like the performance on the pitch is changing the perspective of people on team spirit. I don't think we have an issue of team spirit. As I said before, I think it's just how we're set up. We're not set up to go there and run and chase after every ball, and people confuse that with passion. It's not lack of passion is just how they're tactically set up and I feel like that's the mistake that people are making yeah but what 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 you've got to look at there DR is as as a teacher I was always taught when Ofsted come and look it's all there in the kids books what they do in the books that's the most important thing so as far as I'm concerned as a supporter I'm going by what I see them doing on the pitch and there was there was just nothing there it was it was depressing and I'd, I'd been really, really not looking forward to going. If, if that's what we've got to part with, we, we, we just seem to be in some sort of mire, some sort of quicksand, and something's got to happen quickly. I know James is saying, oh, yeah, it's too soon, it's too soon, and we come good, but, but something is wrong there. Yeah, I Nick, it's James here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to buy in there. Hugh James. I'm going to buy in there. Yeah, it's too soon. Um, But the reason I say it's too soon is because, and I fully agree with you, I'm expecting changes. Um, We've got a big enough squad now. We've got players that should be itching to get into that team. You know, the likes of Gary Cahill, he he hasn't left Chelsea to come and sit on the bench, that's for sure. He's a top quality player. He needs to get into that team. They They need to use his experience and skill. We've got... Kiarte is a great player. He's a good all-round player. We've got Connor Wickham. I mean, if Benteke... Are we going to give Benteke a third season now without scoring? So we've got Wickham to come in. We've got Ayu, who arguably had a really good game the weekend before. Yeah, he didn't score, but he had a really good game. So I'm yeah. ex- I'm expecting, you know, some, some changes, to be honest with you. I'll tell you what, Nick, you're right. If they didn't... You know, I thought first half we were OK. Yeah, we played it safe. We played it cautious. But I thought it was OK. But second half... They got that goal and we, we just didn't... Yeah, you're right. They didn't pull their socks up. So they didn't play well. And um, they seemed to lose heart very, very quickly. So I'm saying, if I was a manager, I'd be going, right, OK, I've got other players. They're on the bench or they're in the training ground. They want to come in. They're going to play and they're going to do a job. So that is yeah. what I want Hodgson to do. I want to, I want to put his foot down and I want him to, to make at least two or three changes for next weekend. How about then? We, we, we've been talking about PDA and Wardy not perhaps being as good in their positions. We we seem to have a plethora of centre-backs now. How about we go 3-5-2? PVA, yes, we could possibly use him as a, as, as a wing-back. Could Schlupp fit in the other side and buy a wing-back there, and then you can still have Townsend Central, a bit more Central? And, and another question you can answer me on, why was Meyer always five yards from the touchline? Well, we know that he's either a centre-defensive midfield who can pass the ball or move forward the ball or be a centre-attacking midfielder where he provides a link-up play. What's he doing out on the wing? Is he Harry Cash at the corners again? 
Yeah, that's a strange one. I think perhaps it was because he had a reasonably good game against Everton. But I agree with you in a defence. I think to fit Gary K- to fit Gary Cahill in, I think maybe you know we need to maybe take give Ward a rest. Put put maybe Kelly at right back. Um, not ideal, but put Kelly at right back. Bring in Schlupp at left back for PVA because obviously PVA is still making those mistakes he made last season. Schlupp can do a job at left back. I've seen him play at left back before, and he's not bad. Um, so you've got a different back four there. And then, you know, bring in Kiate, you know, in the midfield. Um, bring in Kamarasa for K- for um, Max Meyer. Um, play him a bit more central. Give him a little bit of a, you know, a central role. And bring in Connor Wickham. You know, if Connor Wickham is fit, I mean, we said this the other week. He's He's been in back in training for six months now. He's had the whole summer to prepare. I don't believe he's been injured. So he should be fit. And I think, you know, if he isn't 90 minutes fit, OK, but start him and see if you can give him half a game or three quarters of a game. I'm get, I'm, What's he going to do different to Benteke, though? Because if he's not getting the... Not getting the um... The service. the service. I don't care. I just want him to have a chance. I don't think it's fair. I really don't think it's fair. I, I think that, you know, Ayu, we were talking about this before, me and Diaz, I was like, you know, why is Ayu dropped? Because he had a good game last week. Well, if these players are not performing, they're getting paid a lot of money to score goals. Yeah, OK, you could argue they're not getting the service, but that happens to strikers. You've got to make something happen. That's what top strikers do in the Premier League. Yeah. I yeah, think, but, but yeah, but it, but it was very poor the other day, and I, I really, really hope things improve. I, think, I really do, but I, I can't see it. Perhaps with the new players coming in, if you, you, all those changes, you said yes, that that sounds good, but can you make them all at once? Where would the cohesion be in the team then? If you know, maybe, maybe that's what he's doing at training is is getting a different team to play at training to the ones he's actually sending out on the Saturday. Who knows? Yeah, I think we need to be realistic as well with uh you know three five two Roy Hodgson the guy the man just he knows four four two and the most creative it gets with four three three formation I don't think it changes what like that will happen and also we saw that Gary Cahill he didn't play um this week maybe yeah you could see that change happening but it also lineup changes I personally don't see many happening there as well um I feel like I don't know about you Nick but going to Saturday's game. We could see a different Palace side in a way that there's going to be no pressure because you're facing United away from home and it sounds sounds easy, but some players just, you know, they switch up for their, they switch their games for games like that, you know, facing a big side away from home. Yeah. Do you think do you think that play to our advantage? Yeah, yeah, indeed. And look, Theo, it's the games against Man United and Man City and Chelsea. The ones, you know, we always win one or two of them every season, right? Yeah, we, we've always done it since we've been up. And I think most clubs will win one or two against the big teams. And they're the moments that you cherish in the, in the Premier League because, you know, it doesn't get much better than that, that and finishing 11. So, you know, there is always that possibility. Um, I have had a little bet that um Bissaka will get injured trying to deal with Wilf. It would be ironic, wouldn't it, be out for the season? <laughs> oh, I don't think that's going to... I think that's going to be a fascinating watch, but I, I can see Wilf struggling. Very much looking forward to that one. Nick Gillard there from Back of the Nest podcast. Nick, thank you so much for giving us a bit of, bit of your time this evening. We appreciate welcome, you mate. coming on. Nick Gillard there. Of course, you mentioned the wan v Zaha battle. And next, it is time to look at the United preview. And we're going to be talking to Tom Wade. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio by two of the members of the Back of the Nest podcast, D.R. Kernaz and James Howard. But I'm also delighted to say we also now have Tom Wade on the phone from the United stand to talk a little bit about the game at Old Trafford this weekend. A decent start for United in the Premier League, smashing Chelsea 4-0 at Old Trafford and then a 1-1 draw with Wolves last night, VAR in both. Palace yet to get that win, a big game this Saturday. Day for them, Tom. How do you see this one going? Evening, all. How are we? All right. Yeah, good. Um, thank you, Tom. I I think it's going to be a tough game. I think I think uh, we need to bounce back. I mean, yeah, you could argue that last night was a good result, but in my opinion, after the way the game played out, I think it was two points dropped, and we need to bounce back. So I think it'll be a tough game for you guys. But then you know. If, you, if if your plans anything like Wolves played against us, then you could be in with a shot because when teams did have, when they come out and had a go at us, we seemed to have no answer. 
Tom, I do just want to clarify, you're, you're a United fan. You just beat Chelsea 4-0. You drew with a good Wolves side and you're saying you want United to bounce back. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> bounce back is, I mean, bounce back in terms of how poor I thought we were second half. I just, you know, we completely dominated, mm. but it seemed like um, we just didn't know how to finish. You know, it's, we haven't got that killer instinct. And that game, the game should have been dead, but, you know, I think, I think they underestimated Wolves at half-time thought I think the message from Ollie was clear let's go out and have more of the same Nuno switched it up and Ollie had no answer for him but I mean yeah you could argue four points from the first two games we've arguably had the hardest start to the season out of anybody in the top six four points is a decent thing but in in my opinion I think that that four points should be six Hi Tom, um, saw you Aaron Wan-Bissaka over the summer, it seems like he's been a massive boost for for your defence um, in these two, ga- two games that he's played, what have you made of him so far? Do you know what, I can't thank you guys enough for coming <laughs> to us, <laughs> I yeah. honestly can't, he's been, he's been, he's brilliant, hasn't he? I mean, the kid, for a, y- for a young kid who's really shy, he plays on the field like the dominant player who's <laughs> been playing for years, you know, he's got no... No fear in him whatsoever, and he loves being he loves being attacked, and he loves to, you know he loves being taken on. He likes taking players on, and I think so far through the first two games, he's probably been the sign in the summer for me, even including Harry Maguire. Yeah, a lot's made, isn't there, Tom, of the transfer market nowadays and the money that's thrown around. A lot was made of fifty million for Wan Bissaka, only one season in the Premier League with Palace. But if he plays like he has in those two games, and he's United's right back for the next ten years, fifty million Palace are going to be kicking themselves, aren't they? Because it work out five million a year, and they got themselves a bargain. Yeah, I mean, it works out nice for everybody, then, doesn't it? I mean, fifty million pound. People were saying it's a big risk, but like you said, if if he plays the way he has for the next ten years. He almost becomes priceless for United, you know. That fifty million in, in you know six to ten years' time could be, you know, that could be priceless, really. Hi, Tom. It's James here. Um, I've had an added interest to to watch Manchester United um, because of the Wan-Bissaka, so I've been really keen on on watching uh, watching him. Um, but um, I've obviously analysed the way you're playing. Uh, more than I would usually do or be interested in doing. Um, and um, I'm just going to tell you what I think as a, as a, as a kind of neutral, I suppose, as, an, as a non-Man United fan. Um, I think that um, you should have uh, won the game against Wolves. I think you're, you've got some good players, but I think you really are missing a 20-goal-a-season player up front. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, that could go to our advantage if if you struggle to score on at the weekend um and i'm a little bit concerned i watched mctominay did seem to lose possession a few times during the game um so i'm wondering whether you think he's going to be the a regular player for you guys because i wasn't particularly impressed with him and then obviously with the pogba you know um story you know one he blows up and cold sometimes he plays really well and then the next time he doesn't so I worry about the centre of your midfield as well. Your defence, I think, will be fine. Uh, although, yeah, you did concede it, but it was a good goal, um, to be yeah. fair. I mean, how do you defend that? It was a, well, it was a, it was a cracking goal, but I am a, li- yeah. I, I am a little bit concerned about the centre midfield. Um, and I'm a bit concerned that you haven't got a 20-goal-a-season player. So, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, you're exactly right. Everybody's going to say that. But the thing is, I think Anthony Martial... He has got the ability to be that 20-goal 20 goal season player. But the thing that's really annoyed me, I've been watching over the last few games, and it's been a lot through pre-season, Martial and Rashford have the tendency to, to play with each other. So they'll switch between the wide and the, in the, in the centre of the strike four. You can't keep doing that because it leaves us weak at the back. And Luke Shaw against Chelsea got an absolute hammer in because whoever was on the left at the time wasn't tracking back. So for me, I think if we can keep Martial up front, keep Rashford wide. I think Rash- I think Martial could be that player. But again, like you say, you know, we get injuries to Rashford or we get injuries to Martial. Sanchez could be leaving. Where's our striker come from? Comes from Mason Greenwood. And although I think he's a very good player, expecting 20 goals out of Mason Greenwood, who comes in an absolute novice. No offence to him, but he's a novice. He hasn't played that many meaningful minutes for United in the first team that becomes an issue for me then so I think I think 
you're right in terms of we do need that. I think we've already got that. It's just getting it out of them. And that's been the struggle that has been for the last four or five years. And for the centre midfield, I think Scott probably... I had high hopes for him. I, 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 I did the uh, deadline day show we did on the United stand and I actually said that I thought Scott McTominay this year is going to be Manchester United's player of the season because he's had a really good pre-season and he looks a complete different player. And I mean, up until last night, you could have, you could have said, well, maybe things in the midfield aren't going to be as bad as you think they could be. But then, you know, losing possession, he lost quite a lot of possession. Pogba was just saying they were quite sloppy and I think... You know, they've got to get an understanding between them. But McTominay, he's still improving. He, he's, he's not really had a breakout season. So he needs that breakout season now to prove that he can be the player that we need. But, you know, we dropped the ball in the summer in terms of we've strengthened the defence. That's brilliant. I could not be happier. But my biggest concern is the midfield because we are so stretched. And then Ollie's going to have to bring in young players that he thinks he depends on. But in my opinion, last night, he could have changed the game, but he brought Matter on with nine minutes to go. Greenwood and I think it was Gomez. I'm not sure. They come on with like three minutes to go. Well, that what messages that sending to them players? Because for me, it was almost like Ollie was playing football manager last night and he forgot about his subs. He needs to be able to change the game. So if he's trusting in these in these young players, like he says, he has to give them time and he has to get into the game and. You know, if we get injuries, that can happen. But I think players like McTominay, arguably outside anyone outside Paul Pogba in that midfield, has not nailed down a position. So it's all up to everybody to prove it, who, who is going to step in and who is going to be that starting player and control the game. But you could also argue that we haven't got it. So the midfield's been a nightmare for us this year, but it all depends on how they react. Tom, you mentioned then that uh, you want United to bounce back. Just quickly, what is your score prediction for the weekend's game? <laughs> I've got to be careful here, haven't I? Very careful, <laughs> mate, because this is a strong squad back at the Nest podcast. We've had about 10 of them on tonight. It is. It is. Yeah, it's a, deck, it's a deep squad. It's a deeper squad than United. <laughs> um, I think United, our weakness is going to be travelling. I think our biggest prospect this year is making Old Trafford our fortress again. I think you're stepping into the Lions' den, and I'm going to go with with a United two two nil win. I think we'll get another clean sheet at home. No, no disrespect to you, Palace guys, but I've been watching the last few games, and I think you've got exactly the same problem that we have. We just haven't got that killer instinct striker that can put the ball in the back of the net when the created when the creative players on the wide, like your Andros Townsend, your Wilfred Zaha. You know, it's big expectation on them, but who's in the middle getting you the goals? Well, Tom, you're going for 2 0 there. United looking to bounce back. We really appreciate you coming on. Tom Wade there from the United stand. He predicts 2 0. We now have to turn to predictions in the studio. DR, I'm going to start with you. Just a little few stats because I did do my research. You haven't beaten United in the league since 1991 when you beat him 3 0. Ian Wright and John Salako, the goal scorers that day. Your last win against United was in 2011. That was the League Cup and Ambrose and Glenn Murray scored then. So 1991, I can't believe that. Going on that, what is your prediction uh, this it, weekend? 1-0 Palace, isn't it? Come on! 1-0 <laughs> <One -nil> Palace. Well, <laughs> I wanted to give you the good bit about that because last, last year you had a great result in uh, Manchester. Didn't you? you beat City 3-2. For yeah, me, Tanzan, that, that is the uh, the goal. I don't know how that didn't win goal of the season. It's in the, it got voted for the Puskas. Yeah, yeah, which it should win. Vote now because that goal is unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable, but you 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 know you can get a result in Manchester. What is your prediction? Uh, all right, jokes aside, uh, I think United win two 0 I, I agree with um, Tom there. I just uh, I feel like they've improved at the back. Wan Bissaka, he's going to probably play as he has been for us and for them. Um, and Harry Maguire, there. I just feel like we're just going to struggle there. I think we're going to, if you have to have players stepping up like Max Meyer, for instance. If they step up, then maybe we have a chance. But I'm not overly confident. I think two 0 United. Two 0 United, the same as Tom Wade from the United stand. James, are you going to give us a different scoreline? I think there's going to be a massive reaction, a few changes. Come on! <laughs> and I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a second half 
penalty to Palace. Yes. 1-0 away. 1-0 away to Palace, beating United. They're not getting the bounce back that Tom (laughs) Wade said. I absolutely love it. The revenge game for Wan-Bissaka will not be a good one. He is going down. Palace are winning 1-0, James. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. (laughs) Are you going... I'm going for 1-0. And are you going to the game? <laughs> I'm not, sorry. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> no I, unfortunately, my away pass has run out that weekend. I can't do it. No. Oh, no. DR, no, are you going to the no, game? No, I'm not going to the game. I just... Ah, no. Well, they are a force. You did get a result in Manchester last season, albeit against City. James is going for 1-0. I, I don't even... Chris and Nick aren't here, so I can't ask them, but I'm glad I'm not asking Chris because he's back <laughs> yeah, to probably, Palace for relegation. Yeah, probably so I don't know what he's, he, yeah. was, he would say for this weekend. I think... This game, I don't know if there is a right time or wrong time to face certain teams because you never know what you're going to get on the day. But I just feel like being a hypocrite, going against it, this is the wrong time for Palace to play United in Old Trafford. I really hope they get a result for a number of reasons. Um, yeah, what are I you did, predicting? Ah, James, I, I didn't want to do it. I was going to try and be. I was so trying. Fine. Yeah, I, I was right. going to skate around. We're here. all friends here. I think it might be. Quite a bad a defeat. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So a bad one. I'm, I'm going worse than two 0 Yeah. Oh. Worse. I'm, I don't know how bad. Maybe not four. Three. Yeah. Three. But the problem for me is. I can't see Palace getting on the score sheet. And we talked about it. Two games in, three games in. This is the biggest worry because it is a 38-game season. We're going to lose games. We're going to lose games against teams that we're supposedly expected to lose. But it's where are the goals coming from? Where are the points coming from? This is my worry. And that's if, if Palace can put in that performance, they can match that intensity, then I'll, I'll happily take that from this weekend's game. And hopefully I'll be taking a point along with it. But I'm not so sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're underdogs and I guess that could be a bonus for us underdogs yeah. it could be a bonus well hopefully the Eagles will get something out one thing I can say with certainty though Chris the Eagles will not go down this year they will pick up a point against United I'm hoping as well this has been the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio for more go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts news and views or for more follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter Hey, wake up with new ginseng moisturizer from Origins. Powered by natural ingredients like coffee and ginseng, this daily moisturizer leaves skin revitalized and looking radiant. Invigorate your senses with an uplifting blend of lemon, grapefruit, and spearmint essential oils. Recharge and refresh with ginseng, Origins' number one moisturizer. Visit origins.co.uk to find out more. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.